lights. It's seven Friday night. Welcome to the week 11 edition of the seven Friday night Thursday Pick'em show. I'm Sports Stars Magazine Managing Editor Chase Bryson. I'm joined by my co-host Beninos, and Coach Terry Edson will be joining us shortly as well. There are playoff matchups on the board this week. Our 2022 season is all grows up, and our race for picks supremacy is all tied up. That's right. After retaking the lead last week, I immediately followed in Ben's footsteps and coughed it up. Nice week, Ben. My play to have you pick a first-place game in a sackwalking section league you'd never heard of clearly backfired. So, well done. Welcome all, back. All grown's up, all grown's up. You don't know my address. <laughs> yes, I I thwarted your attempt to throw me a curveball last week. Hit it to right field. Little <laughs> little Jordan Alvarez action there. Uh, yes, we appear, and hello, everybody. We appear to have a genuine horse race here. I mean, it was a nice rebound on my part, but all you can do, Chase, is you take it one game at a time. <laughs> you control what you can control. You can't look ahead. You just have to focus on each play, and you give maximum effort. That's how you do it. I've said this before. You can only pick the games in front of you. That's right. You know, <laughs> control the controllables. <laughs> so, yes, uh, speaking of controlling the controllables, uh, something happened in between us recording our Tuesday show and us recording our Thursday show. Uh, by now, if you listen to this show, you know that Pittsburgh coach Victor Galley announced that he'll be retiring at the end of this season. The news isn't wholly unexpected because we know he's been thinking about it for a while, although the timing of it maybe caught us a little off guard. Uh, let's get the numbers out there first. Uh, before we talk about our picks this week, we want to talk about uh, this as a genuine news story and uh, chase is known for being that annoying guy in class who keeps great records of everything so uh, he provided these numbers galley's been the coach of the pittsburgh pirates now in his 21st season he has 14 league titles one section title one state bowl appearance in a windstorm and a career mark of 178 and 66 for a 730 winning percentage he had just one losing season. It was 2010, and they were five and six, and I believe they made the playoffs anyway. Yep. Um, in a great late season comeback. So, you know, since he told us uh, on Tuesday, I've been thinking a lot. I've been reflecting on covering Pittsburgh football, and I checked this with you this morning before we started recording. I would go out on a fairly short limb and say that the two members of the media who have watched the most Pittsburgh football live and in person in Victor Galley's tenure are you and me. Yeah. Uh, and I, we've actually, and I personally have talked with him quite often about the fact that we've watched the program become what it is because we've been there to see it all. You've been there for all 21 years. I've been there for 19 of them. So I'm I'm left to just reflect on the impact that he's had on his community. You think of public officials sometimes as the heartbeat of a community, but consider that, that for six to seven Friday nights every fall, the meeting place in the city of Pittsburgh has been Pirate Stadium. That doesn't happen if the team is bad or people don't care. Victor Galley has made an impact on young people who've gone through Pittsburgh High 
and provided a sense of Pittsburgh pride that goes beyond a football game. So for that, I say congrats on a tremendous career to a good friend of ours. Good luck with what comes next and save some time to join your fantasy football partner on a certain podcast next season. <laughs> Surely you have some thoughts on the issue. I, I do. This is definitely a tough one for me. I, Coach Galley began his career at Pitt in 2002, which was my first year covering Bay Area high school football. And back when the East Bay Times was the Contra Costa Times and had multiple bureaus, I started in the East County one, writing for the Antioch Ledger. So I covered several Pittsburgh games early in his career. You mentioned on and on Tuesday's pod, you, you made that speech at the end and your final thoughts. Everyone should go listen. Uh, and it was more, it was, a, it was a tribute to the assistant coaches that we talked to a lot on the sidelines. But you also threw in there that there are some relationships with head coaches that we've built over the years uh, that are special to us. He's one of the handful of coaches I've covered over the years who whenever he spotted me pregame, made it a point to get over to me and shake my hand before kickoff. I mean, every time he, there was all, there was probably something that he had to do in the meantime, he was talking to referees. He was talking to a player, but if he spotted me, I, he would shake my hand before kickoff. And that, that meant something that was cool. We always, we were always there after the game talking to each other. Um, I talked to him after big wins. I talked to him after brutal defeats. And I think he appreciated that he knew he could be completely open with me and that I'd filter out all the not for print stuff, um, which, yeah, which happened often. I think people need to realize that Pittsburgh is definitely not an easy place to coach. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a historic program that carries the expectations of a community that includes several alumni. A lot of people who grew up in Pittsburgh stay in Pittsburgh and are big Pirate fans. So I'm not surprising anybody when I say it also sees its share of at-risk youth. And Galley handled all of that masterfully. He kept kids in school. He sent kids to college, all while keeping Pirate Stadium one of the best game night atmospheres in the Bay. And that that will be his legacy, maybe more than any of those of the records and, and numbers that we we just uh, had you read off. But um, our job isn't to root for any one team. But I never minded seeing his teams perform well. And I think you and I both. We're especially happy last year when he finally got that section championship banner and, and you were there when he got that. So that was, that had to be cool for you. It was a big deal. Um, it was a big deal. And, you know, you see, we uh, take that game uh, as a perfect example. We, because of our relationship with the Pittsburgh program, we've had access that not a lot of people have gotten over the years. And so um, we had photos from inside the locker room before that game and got a real sense of what it meant um to the program uh it, it's just you said it perfectly it's a it's a true community and i think vic has a lot to do with that now um one one more thing i want to touch on before we move on since we're media members we're allowed to have an opinion on this i don't know that the pittsburgh administration will invite us to be at the table but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right now. I think the next Pittsburgh high football coach is already on the sideline. Charlie yeah. Ramirez is respected as one of the region's top defensive coaches. He's been with Coach Galley for a really long time. People know him now as the varsity defensive coordinator, but he was the junior varsity coach before that. And he's a Pittsburgh graduate, played on a fairly notable Pittsburgh team. Uh I mean, I don't have any inside info on this one. This is not a galloping shock to anyone who knows the program, but if I'm Pittsburgh, I am not looking too far for the next head coach of the Pirates. So, yes, let's transition to Coach Galley's fantasy football partner. And I will mention that I don't think it was a coincidence earlier 
see what I did, that I mentioned we have a horse race on our hands. It's the biggest week of the year in the sport of kings, and we have just the person to help us with that and maybe talk a little football. Coach Terry Edson's riding a bit of a hot streak, so let's hear what the coach has to say about football, horses, and the meaning of life. (laughs) Well, maybe not that last one. Now we welcome in the third member of our merry bunch. Coach Terry Edson is peaking at the right time when it comes to picks. He went two and one for the second straight week. Did your hot streak continue in your college picks pool? Uh, no, it didn't. Absolutely <laughs> not. Which we all knew that was going to happen. I mean, come on. Yeah, that was, I, I didn't. You know what? I didn't even look at my final record. I just gave up about by twelve thirty. I just said, okay, this is disaster. So. Yeah, well, there, there went my uh, job as uh, doing picks for, uh, you know, some K- – what's that, KGO? I was hoping to get on that gig, but looks like I'm not going to make that as well. Uh, well, let, we're going to give you a chance to atone this week, and it's – I'm fine with all this football talk. It's why we're here. But I mentioned on last week's – one of last week's shows that sometimes the listeners just have to listen to what I want to talk about. And this week, it's the Breeders' Cup. That's right. This drops on Thursday, which is plenty of time for folks to go to their form and figure things out for Friday and Saturday. So as an aspiring employee of FanDuel TV, (laughs) who is your go-to best bet this weekend if you're going to play at Keeneland Racecourse? (laughs) Well, first of all, the weather is going to be beautiful. So that's step one. You want to have Keeneland, you know, it just as you're looking at things, um, it that uh, for sure any races on the dirt definitely favor uh front speed. If you have a cut, you know, this got a short stretch, you have to be super horse to come off the pace at Keeneland. So, front speed or horses that are near the pace have a huge advantage at Keeneland. So, that's your first little tip, right? Right there. Um, second of all, I, I don't, uh, you know. If you if I go to Chase, who knows nothing about horses, and I say Chase, you ever heard of Secretariat? What do you say, Chase? Uh, yes, yes, I've heard of Chase. You ever heard of American Pharaoh? Yes. Okay, this is my my one. This is something most people don't know. There is a horse running um, in the Breeders' Cup Classic called Flightline that nobody knows about. I don't understand it. This horse has been absolutely incredible all year. Taking the best horses in the United States on and just boat racing them. I've never seen anything like it. He's winning every race by eight, nine, ten lengths. You know, my brother, of course, who was a trainer and was a a racing secretary at Aqueduct and Golden Gate and was written down south and was at San Diego Hollywood Park. I asked him the other day, I go, if Flightline boat races this this year's group, I go, is he considered one of the greatest horses of all time? Let's see him win the race first. I go, okay, (laughs) well, uh, this horse, if this is a special horse, I mean, this no one even knows. Uh, in the general public, I guess because he didn't run in the Triple Crown. So, but you're looking at a once in a generation horse here, the way he's been running. He's been absolutely incredible. 
He won the Pacific Classic at Del Mar by like 12 easy. I mean, he just always wins by eight, nine, 10 lengths. Uh, grade one, which is the highest level of horse racing has to offer. He smoked everybody like a fine Cuban. So uh, <laughs> I don't know uh, this it, just to watch that race. I mean, he's not going to be any odds. You're not going to make any money. He's going to be uh, probably if, if you can get six to five, that would be generous on this horse. But I, I got to see how he's going to do. I just, you know, um, this could be the secret, you know, the secretariat of this generation. So I, I can't wait to watch him run. And this could be an incredible, if he, like I said, if he wins by seven or eight, I don't know how you don't call him one of the greatest horses of all time. It's an opportunity for the sport to get back into the mainstream with Flightline. There are very few opportunities where you capture national attention. But like you said, if, if Flightline does what he looks like he might do, It'll be on the uh, national nightly news. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely correct about that. So um, I'm I'm looking forward uh, to watching that and to see how it goes. Well, now that we've got that on the record, I suppose we'll go back to the reason everyone tuned in. We're starting in the North Coast section uh, with a Friday night in Novato. The top two teams in the Marin County Athletic League meet. When San Marin of Novato hosts Marin Catholic of Kentfield, Marin Catholic seems as high caliber a team as it always is this year. But San Marin is going to have that place rocking. Mustangs or Wildcats, who you got? What's uh, Marin Catholic's record? They have not lost. Not enough. Next, next question. <laughs> yeah, you be the idiot to go against the Fair. high school football team that's undefeated. If San Marin pulls it off, Props to San Marin. Sorry, San Marin. I am never going against an undefeated high school team. That just isn't going to happen. Yeah, Marine Catholic, until they knock the king off the, the hill there, I'm going Marine Catholic for sure. All right. For your second pick, we return to familiar territory. I think you've gone one and one this season when picking in this region. We've got eight and one Palma of Salinas looking to lock up the Pacific Coast Gavlin Division title. But they've got to go on the road and beat eight and one Salinas to do it. A Salinas win would create a three-way title share with Aptos, in which all three teams to beat one of the others. So, uh, if you want a common opponent, Salinas lost to Aptos 44-41. Palma beat Aptos 24-21. Yeah, exactly. Like What's that score again? Say the score Salinas lost to. <laughs> Salinas lost to Aptos 44-41. 44. <laughs> you know what always goes on the road, Ben? That would defense. be defense. Defense goes on the road. And for I, if you play defense, I'm picking you. I don't care. So <laughs> I am sticking with Palm on this one. I just think their defense is going to be too good. It's going to keep them in the game. And uh, I think it's going to be a squeaker. But I love Palma. I mean, the fact that Aptos had their way with Salinas and then uh, Palma only held them to 21. That tells me a lot about Palmer. They've been playing pretty good defense all year long on the road. That's where you, I love having a good defense on the road. And so that's why I'm picking Palmer. Well, our last game for you is an eight, nine matchup in the Sac Joaquin section division two bracket. We've oh, got man. seven and three Lodi. This game is something else. Three Vacaville. The Flames played both St. Mary's and Lincoln relatively tough in Tri-City League action while Vacaville won the Monticello Empire League. And has wins over Cardinal Newman and Vanden. Who you got? Uh, I tell you, 
you guys in this game is just crazy. Um, so I liked Vacaville until, you know, I saw that um, Oak, was it Oak Grove? I think it was Oak, Oak Ridge beat them back Oak Ridge, early in the year. 62 to nothing. Yes. So I, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, the thing about uh, Vacaville is they have some ugly losses early, but against good teams. Um, Lodi at the same point is fourth in their league. And it's a tough league. I, I get it. Um, I'm going like these guys had to give me this game. But, you know, <laughs> Vacaville, I'm just – I didn't like the way Lodi's ending their season. It didn't look like they were ending on a high note. They just barely won last week. I think – was it Toke they barely won against? Yeah. And they just don't seem to be – I think a good word that you see all, a lot of times now on the news is trending, right? So – uh I just don't see Lodi trending the right way. Vacaville's won five in a row. So uh, they had some early season disasters, and I don't know what happened on those games, and I don't know if guys were injured or whatever, but they're trending five in a row. Lodi seems to be going the opposite way. Vacaville's at home. I'm taking Vacaville. Chase, correct me if I'm wrong. Lodi was the team that upset Downey in last year's sack Last year's playoffs, yeah. Playoffs, yeah. yeah. Correct. So we shall oh, see. But- Notice how you waited till after I made my pick before I said that. <laughs> you, I also had to look it up to make sure I was right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's funny. Um, and also, um, I like the fact that right before I walked into my religion one class today, Chase gave me the games, Ben. So <laughs> I, had I had all I had all of fifteen minutes of break to look all this up, and uh, this is probably why I'm going to go three and zero. The less inform time and information I have, the better. No more paralysis by analysis for, for, for me. So I really expect to go 3-0 and this week. And I think I've been 2-1 and three weeks in a row, not two weeks oh, in a row. Oh, sorry. I sold you short. Okay. Yeah, as usual, like Ben sold me short. Ben had me 1-2 and two last week. That's correct. I mean, am I that bad that you guys just totally blow off my picks? Okay. <laughs> I didn't. I I did not get a chance to discuss your picking prowess with Coach Longero on Friday night. Coach Coach was under the weather a little bit. Uh, was he? Yeah. Oh, poor Dougie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Campolindo. Poor old Kyle Macy's team. You know, we don't have anybody. He's put on forty-two. Yeah, I know. All right. Well, real quick before we finish up here, last week's debut of Dumb Football proved quite popular. So let's. <laughs> Wrap today with another installment. I don't have enough time to do all of it. <laughs> Can do we just do I just pick the dumbest play of the week? I yeah, think we need to football intelligence. This, this week, is Terry. hard to do. This is hard to do, but I do have the dumbest play of the week. I we think. need right. to name this the DJ Moore segment. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, that's not the dumbest play of the week. <laughs> okay. The dumbest play of the week is that Carolina has that guy still kicking for them. Okay. But uh, that's not the dumbest play of the week. That's not it. It's simple. Could you be heading to the city of angels? No, I have what happened there. What's the game? What's the Niner game? Yeah. With a certain wide receiver remaining in the game late in the game. Oh, yeah. No, if you'd have gotten seriously hurt, yeah, Cooper Cup being in the game, catching a bubble screen and getting hurt. No, this is by far the dumbest play of the week, though. Uh, it's like, thank God I got red zone. It's like, now I have this all the whole cornucopia of dumb plays <laughs> happening right in front of me. 
So Bears, <laughs> Dallas, okay? David Montgomery, who's on my fantasy team, of course, with Vic Alley. And, uh, of course, we lost again. What else is new? Because we have Bears on our team. But <laughs> Justin Fields throws it to David Montgomery on a little circle route. Montgomery starts running. He gets hit from behind. He fumbles the ball. Micah Parsons from Dallas, being the good defensive player that he is, is running after Dave Montgomery, dives on the ball. Justin Fields, who sees the ball being fumbled, is kind of kind of runs after the play a little bit. Micah Parsons is literally on the ground with the football. And what does Justin Fields do? He jumps over Micah Parsons because he sees the ball on the ground, doesn't want to get involved in the scramble, jumps over Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons gets up and runs it back for a touchdown. I what what on earth is Justin Fields thinking? All he had to do was touch him. And he literally looks at Micah Parsons as a hurt, like a high, a high jump, jumps over him. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And Micah gets up and runs it back for a touchdown. I'm going, this is the NFL. Are you kidding me? I've never seen anything like it in my entire life. So that to me was the dumbest play of the week, second dumbest play of the week. You know, don't be blaming DJ. I mean, yeah, I understand DJ Moore got excited. 12 seconds left, yeah. and he gets loose on a 62-yard yeah. bomb. In double coverage. In double coverage, and they're beat. I, I, it's beyond me. It's beyond me how that happens. But that, Mike uh, Justin Fields gets the dumb play of the week by far. Well, Coach Galley will be happy to hear that. Yeah, I have already told him. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> Horse racing tips, scheduling tips, life tips. All, <laughs> all from Coach Edson. All on, his, all on the podcast. You never know what you're going to hear on this. That's the one thing. That's that true. Very true. Well, we'll be back on Tuesday to see how it all shook out. See if you have enough money to make your car payment on the Lamborghini <laughs> after uh, Breeders Cup weekend. And we'll check back in next Tuesday. Let's just get tell you this to everyone right now. I'm not going to have to make a car. I'm not going to make enough to make a car payment on a Lamborghini. Let's just get over that right now. Okay. okay. I'll right. have some winners though. I promise. Okay. All right, All right everybody. Coach. I'll see you guys. <laughs> Enjoy your week. Talk All to right. You. Take it easy. All right. Bye. And now we're going to take a quick time out for a quick message from sports stars magazine's podcast partner, the California army national guard. At some point, your community will be challenged. It could be a flood, forest fire, hurricane, or civil unrest. When it happens, be the one to answer the call. Rescue the stranded. Protect the threatened. Save the injured. Join the National Guard and serve your community when it needs you most. Visit nationalguard.com to find out more. All right. Well, I am good to go. I've got flight line written down. Uh, and uh, I think it's also official that dumb football is here to stay. I think Coach Edson is right, too. I probably did him a favor by sending him his games late this week. He's probably going to go 3-0. and uh, And now it's time for us to venture forth into a really good week of games. It's another mega board. Who needs editors anymore? I don't know. Let's go read it. <laughs> Who needs editors? Amen to that, I say to my editor.
Uh, all right, here's what we got. The games from which we shall choose. Number four, De La Salle of Concord travels the not very long distance to Alberta Way in Concord to take on number 11-ranked Clayton Valley Charter. Uh, Archbishop Mitty of San Jose heads to number eight, St. Francis of Mountain View. Number nine, Marin Catholic of Kentfield heads to Marin County Athletic League foe San Marin of Novato. Palma of Salinas heads to number 10, Salinas. Uh, St. Mary's of Berkeley heads to St. Patrick St. Vincent of Vallejo in the TCAL title game, Stone Division, I believe. Uh, Stone Rock, who knows? It's a small orb. Uh, Christopher of Gilroy heads to Live Oak um, in a title game down there. Could be a title game. Uh, Roseville heads to Oakdale in the Sac Joaquin section playoffs. And Antelope heads to Tracy in a Sac Joaquin section playoff showdown. So that's the board. Uh, I'm going first. You go first. Who's going first? I think I go first. All right. You have at it. I'm going to start by taking on one of the uh, Sac Joaquin section playoff games. Let's head to Tracy High where the seven-seeded Bulldogs are hosting a red-hot 10-seeded Antelope in a Division II quarterfinal. Antelope has won seven straight after no and three start, and though we've mentioned senior tailback Curran Borders before on this show, the Titans have taken off the season by turning QB Josiah Bateman loose. In the team's last four games, all one-score games, Bateman has thrown for 17 TDs and more than 1,300 yards. Meanwhile, Tracy is 8-2, and two, and do you know, Ben, the combined record of the two teams that Tracy has lost to? That would be, uh, hold on, hold please. I'm doing <laughs> math in my head. People can't see this. Uh, we're in the playoffs. So that would be 20 and 0. That's right. 20 and 0. <laughs> Downey Modesto and St. Mary Stockton. And let me ask you this, Ben. What do those two teams have in common? Uh, they're really good. They've got quarterbacks, baby. They, they can they sling it. They do. Downey and St. Mary's both have dynamic passing games. So this game should be close, and I think an upset is possible, but I'm also chickening out, and I'm going to say Tracy survives. Wow, Apparently. that was that was a Ben-esque buildup. <laughs> I'm taking Yikes. the Bulldogs. Okay. Well, I was going to pick this game second, but I'm going to move it up to keep with our conversation here. Uh, behind the curtain, as we like to do, uh, people don't know, we actually had a, a segment on Tuesday's show that got cut for time. See, we can edit ourselves, people who don't think we think we just ramble on. Uh, we actually did talk about potential upset picks in the first round, and I pointed to the Division Two game between Antelope and Tracy as having that potential. Everything you just said is accurate. Antelope has won seven in a row, a couple of which have been close. And as you referenced, Tracy's two losses are to Downey and St. Mary's of Stockton. So, well, <laughs> I, I was ready to put this out as an upset pick on tuesday and i do think this is prime upset country but the 34 points that tracy put up against saint mary's is actually more than anyone not named de la salle this year so you built this up as an upset i'm building it up as an upset and i'm taking tracy (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness prove us wrong antelope this goes along with us betting on flight line like (laughs) just take chalk Always chalk. <laughs> All right. I will head north for my second pick. You mentioned it in Tuesday's show. The storylines in Novato on Friday night are all over the place. On paper, I think Marin Catholic is indeed the better team, 
has played a marginally tougher schedule and has performed better against common opponents. But these are both state bowl champions from a year ago, and they should both come in confident. The fact that Marin Catholic QB Joey Cook is going up against his former team is a big factor in this one. San Marin coaches know his tendencies and will coach up against his weaknesses. Also, we see it all the time where a player faces his former team and is too amped and tries too hard, leading to mistakes. I saw it with Freedom quarterback Jacob Wasso this year when he faced his former teammates of Heritage Brentwood. He had four interceptions that night. If San Marin still had Justin Gwynn in his backfield, they'd be my pick. You're doing but it again. I'm You're doing, doing it again. again. You're doing it again. <laughs> but big number six graduated, and I think the Mustangs could struggle moving the ball against the Wildcats defense. So I'm going with Marin Catholic. Oh, my goodness. This is a mess. <laughs> if Ike Dodson was here, he would be roasting us. <laughs> and I'm making the Wildcats my lock. Oh, jeez. Well, this is good. We should have <laughs> we should have consulted beforehand because I'm going to do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I mean, we we write out thoughts and then the other person steals most of our ideas and we have to wing it. But I did note when Marin County is home to Moylan's Brewery, Sweetwater <laughs> Music Hall, and one of my all-time favorite taquerias, Taqueria San Jose in San Rafael. I'm mentioning Moylan's first because the Marin football world will be and should be focused on Novato Friday night. Um, yeah. Remember, I spent the final week of the season last year at San Marin and loved every second of it. And the Mustangs, I want to point out that the Mustangs have justified what I wrote before the year. They've stayed on top of the mountain. You know, 8-1 and one qualifies as they didn't go anywhere. And they're going to be ready for uh, the postseason. It's great. Yeah. Actually, right? Yeah. Um. But, I mean, like you said, it's last year was Sam Marin's storybook year. They had everything working in their favor, and the one in the loss column by the end of the year was to these Wildcats. So I'm an unapologetic fan of the Sam Marin community, but until they can slay the Wildcats, I have to pick the Wildcats. So uh, give me the visitors, and I am also making that my lock this week. Oh, all right, so in the essence of – you're not picking my third game trust me you're not okay so i should just go ahead and go you don't want to go go. no no you can go because i guarantee you're not on my last game okay is it taking place in Concord, california it is oh my god really (laughs) okay go you go right ahead (laughs) oh man this has never happened before we've never gone three for three all right I don't usually pick the games I'm going to be at, but this game is too big not to go on the record with. I'm not going to do a big breakdown because I think we covered it extensively in Tuesday's pod. So if you want analysis of both sides of the Clayton Valley and De La Salle game, make sure you go back and listen if you missed it. I think this should be a heck of a football game, and I know I've been burned once or twice already this season when picking the Spartans, but I think health has been a relatively big factor in some of those losses, and it shouldn't be this week. Coach Edson pointed to the fact that this will be the most full strength the team has been all season. And I think that will give them just enough to get over the hump in a game that I think there's a lot of pride. I mean, certainly a lot of pride in the line. Uh, I don't think De La Salle wants to drop to the division one bracket. And I think they know they're going that way if they don't win. So I'm going to take De La Salle, but will I be shocked if Clayton wins? Absolutely not. All right. Well, you surprised me with that one. Didn't think you were <laughs> going to touch it. So I've got this whole long soliloquy about, you know, never being afraid to pick the big game. So here, here's what it is. Here's what it is. I, through the years, have never been afraid to pick against De La Salle. Every time I have, 
I think. They've proven me wrong. And you know what? That's okay. But we've spent all year talking about the narrative that Northern California has caught up to De La Salle and that it has more to do with the others than it does with De La Salle. Maybe Charles Greer runs for a zillion yards. The Spartans find consistency in their pass game. The line is back together. And it's just going to be the same thing we always see. But Clayton Valley does what De La Salle struggles with. They pass it. They get the ball in space. They execute. And they put up points. All I can do is go by what I've seen this year. The HAL 9000 says De La Salle wins this one 31-26. So I guess this qualifies as an upset. <laughs> I'm taking the Ugly Eagles. There we go. We have conflict. I'm sorry. Yes. And, and And one of us will be right, and that's great. And one of us will be wrong, and that's fine too. And if I'm wrong, then we will sit here next week in this very same space, and we'll say, same as it always is. <laughs> no surprise. But I got to tell you, and I've been trending this way the last couple weeks, I like where Clayton Valley's at. I just do. And this game is at Clayton Valley, and that's a big deal. You're absolutely right that maybe they'll be too, you know, you mentioned this in another game, maybe they'll they'll be overamped. Who knows? Ah, I don't know. Everything I've seen this year so far says this is the week. So, you know, I've been a fool say, before. I will say that you've seen a more recent version of Clayton Valley than I did. I haven't seen them Correct. since week one. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're, we've seen different Ugly Eagles teams, and I'm sure that is playing a factor for it's you. It's fascinating. It is a fascinating matchup. Who goes back to what they do? Coach Edson told us they're going to have to run the veer. Well. Mm-hmm. let's see got to make the pitch let's see haven't seen it much this year yep. so oh man all right well that was that <laughs> i'll was let quite... you go first the challenge round yeah that was that? that was quite a quite an exercise <laughs> so yeah it is it's time for the challenge round but uh, uh to be honest i feel like i've already taken the physical challenge with that <laughs> quality analysis so uh let's start by heading north and we will remind you about last week when your pick of Enterprise ended like the Enterprise in Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, <laughs> crashing and burning. Now, what I get for taking defense. Let's see oh, if Jensen. you. That's right. Let's see if you adjust like Captain Kirk and figure out a way to solve the Northern Section riddle, like he figured out the Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> and I'll give you a chance to revive the Enterprise as the Hornets head to Chico to wrap up the regular season. Now, this is an 8-1 and one team against a 3-6 and six team. Why, you ask, would we pay attention to this? Because guess who's back, Chase? Oh, That's man. right. It's Deion Coleman. Chico's big-time running back carried 16 times for 228 yards last week in a win over Shasta. So, will you stay on the bridge and try and right the ship or will you head for the escape pods and roll with Dion and the Panthers? I think I'm going to stay with Enterprise. I, Chico, I, yeah, Dion Coleman back is a big deal, and certainly will um, will change that the look of that Chico offense. As I know, I've struggled a lot this year without him. So yeah, unless there's something that's affecting the Enterprise roster, I think if it's the same roster it's had most of the season, it, sh- it should be able to handle. Chico and and I'll give the Hornets the uh, the nod on that one. You know how Kirk solved the Kobayashi Maru chase? I do not. He cheated. <laughs> he cheated. Star right. Trek fans will know. 
Anyway. Yep. Okay. You're on the Enterprise. I'm on the Enterprise. Here's your first one. How about we start in the Bryson Valley Athletic League? Oh, shocking that you would go to this game. <laughs> because you know you love it. <laughs> Already thought about this. I love the tradition and pageantry that surrounds the big little game rivalry between Pittsburgh and Antioch. But the better game is bound to be the Brentwood Bowl as Liberty travels the Heritage in a matchup of six and three teams. This is a matchup that will undoubtedly determine NCS Division I seeds for both teams and should secure a first-round home game for the winner. Liberty quarterback Nate Bell is 2-0 in his career against Heritage, and last year the Lions' defense bottled up Heritage running back Devin Rivers and held him to just 61 yards on 20 carries. Liberty had a very good October that started with them nearly upsetting Pittsburgh. Heritage has been up and down as it's dealt with some health issues on its line. The HAL 9K thinks it's a one-score game. I think it might be two. What about you? Who did the HAL 9K take? I didn't even... Uh, they took Liberty, 28-21. And which part of Brentwood is this game in? This is a, this is in Heritage. I believe I've heard over the last couple of weeks that Heritage has been severely hampered by injuries this year. Yes. Um, so if that's still the case... Hmm. It's always it's hard for me to pick against the coaching staff at Heritage. They, uh, Coach Fogelstrom and the crew are just really really good coaches. But uh, I'm taking Liberty. Um, I think the lines are trending in the right direction. They're ready for the playoffs. Uh, Nate Bell, great quarterback, and yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Liberty. Although I have no level of confidence in that choice. As the beat writer for the Bryson Valley Athletic League, I probably would go the same way. Okay. Yeah, good. you got to follow. You got to follow the trends on that one. And uh, Liberty has looked really good ever since that Pittsburgh game. So yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's come back to Earth for your final challenge pick. We'll call this Star Trek Four. Um, where that they one come I've to, seen. Yeah, they come to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. You know, they're riding the cable cars. <laughs> Actually, it was a muni bus. Anyway, uh, we're going to the EBAL where we have a game of massive consequence. Amador Valley, owners of a four and five record and currently on the outside looking in at the D1 bracket, hosts five and four Cal High in the regular season finale for both. The Dons hung with De La Salle for a little bit last week, but they have yet to pick up a league win. Meanwhile, Cal High is five and four, and the Grizzlies fell to San Ramon Valley last week. If memory serves, quarterback Jaden Macedo got dinged up in the Clayton Valley game the week before. So uh, Amador's got something to play for. But our friend, the HAL 9000, says this is a 21-20 to win for Cal High. Uh, Dons or Grizzlies? Who you got? This is really hard. And Amador Valley needs this to be eligible, right? Uh, yes, I believe they do. If they want to be one of those two or three teams fighting for that last spot. I did not see any of the other lesser-known criteria met um, yeah. and their 4-5 and five overall. Yeah. This is a true coin flip. I'm, I'm with the HAL 9K on this one. It's going to be a... Uh, one score game for sure. I think I'm still going to roll with Cal. Okay. Roll with the Grizzlies on this one. Yeah. That's a, a be a tough road win. I know Amador Valley's got a lot to play for, but I still think Cal uh, Cal's had a rough go of it. I mean, they've had a rough string of games because just because of the competition. Yeah, they're playing good um, teams. But I think they're now they're playing a team that they're they're on the same uh, level with, and and it should be a good game. But I, I think they pull it out. Fair. All right. So there are some really strong first round matchups in the Sac Joaquin section division one bracket. And I'm going to give you the eight versus nine matchup of Lincoln Stockton at Sheldon Sacramento. Oh, you've seen the Huskies this season and know what they're capable when they play their a game and are at full health. 
Not sure if they're all the way back to full health yet or not. When it comes to Lincoln, the Trojans can score points. And with the exception of last week's 42-14 loss to St. Mary Stockton, each of Lincoln's losses have been one-score games, including a 30-29 to overtime defeat to Kimball in Week 2. This game feels like a coin flip and probably boils down to the Sheldon defense versus Lincoln quarterback Kenyon Nelson, a dual-threat senior who's passed for 23 touchdowns against just two interceptions and rushed for more than 600 yards and six scores. So, what do you think? Lincoln's losses are, aside from that overtime loss to Kimball, the <laughs> Downey... Tracy and St. Mary's. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty good list. Not bad. Um, ooh. I I haven't seen Lincoln this year, so I guess I'm going with uh what I know. I hope that I don't know the injury status of Devin Green. I hope that he gets to play again this year. Um, but Scott Nixon has turned into like one of the absolute best all-around football players in Northern California for Sheldon. He can literally do everything on a field. Um, and Josiah Machado is one of the best quarterbacks in the region. So I'm going to go with the home team here. I'm going to take Sheldon um, to advance what this would earn them a uh, trip to Folsom next week, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, maybe not the best prize, but um, keep that season rolling. Uh, I like what Chris Nixon's doing up there. So give me the Huskies. All right. That wraps up a, uh, a very uh, a very different round of picks than we've had in the past. A very a, of... a very special blossom. <laughs> so I am rolling into this uh, this final read. So I'm going to go. do it. No, I got oh, it. Here we go. Really? Yeah. No. <laughs> Fine. Fell for it again. All right. Banana in the tailpipe. <laughs> Here we go. And that will wrap us up. On game night, make sure to be locked on the Sports Stars Magazine Twitter page for updates and results. Follow at Sports Stars Mag. This Saturday morning, be sure to check out SportsStarsMag.com for our coverage of the games. Also, if you access these episodes from our homepage, you can scroll down to the bottom to see our updated picks records each week. We build seven Friday night using Anchor, but the show is available on several platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. If you listen to shows on one of those platforms, search for 7 Friday Night. Please rate and subscribe. Our cover art features photography and design by yours truly, and our theme music was produced and performed by Dustin Phillips. And that wraps us up. What are your final thoughts as we head into our first week of postseason and in the big regular season finales? Not a lot of final musings here. It's uh, This drops on Thursday, so everyone has one more sleep to... Uh get prepared for this weekend's uh, breeders cup um but it's a just we talk often you and i will talk on the phone after friday night games when we're on our way home and uh we'll go through the scores of the night and we'll try to decipher whether or not max preps is actually telling the truth <laughs> uh which i got burned by once um but this is the week where we're going to be going through like 95% of the games we're going to, we're going to want to know what the score is everywhere. So that that's very exciting. And, uh, and it's that it's that time of the year. It has gotten legitimately cold on Friday nights. Um, So you know that the games are starting to mean a whole lot. So it's, it's going to be fun. Don't even know where I'm going to go yet on Friday for sure. So you, you never can tell. 
I'm gonna be at Clayton, so that's gonna be <laughs> something to uh, that's gonna be something to see. Uh, maybe uh, maybe writing a story on on Saturday morning about the first North Coast section loss in 30 plus years for the Dallas South Spartans. That'll be crazy. We'll see. But we'll see. The Dallas South um, the Dallas South faithful are laughing at us right now. They're I'm like, sure. we've been here. You've been here, Ben and Chase. <laughs> You've, you've done this before. Talk you've about falling for the banana in the tailpipe. Yeah, like <laughs> you've been in this situation countless times. Whatever. I don't learn. <laughs> All right, fans. You can make it to a game. Make it to that one. Or if there's one closer to you that looks good, go to that one too. Either way. Two members of the seven Friday night uh, empire will be in one That's place true. this week. And you get to see them. You go say hi to them. One of them is not me. So bonus for you. <laughs> All right, fans, we will uh, talk to you guys next Tuesday. He jumps over Micah Parsons. All he had to do was touch him. (laughs) 